But those shut down debate, they're used as a cudgel. And whether it be comedy or discussion or anything else, if we don't have the wherewithal to meet each other with what's reality, then how do we, how do we move forward is, is my question. I have to be able to express that to people. If I can't say that's bull and explain why, then where do we go? And if we all just shut it down, then we retreat to our little corners of misinformation and it metastasizes. Hello, and welcome to another episode of my podcast. Uh, in this episode, I mostly want to talk about war and uh, what they call defense industry in general. So let's just dive into it. We usually think of whatever happens in the world uh, as either someone is the aggressor and uh, the other side is basically defending themselves. And the idea is that we produce weapons, we manufacture weapons, whether it's, um, you know, fighter jets, uh, tanks, defense uh, uh, systems, or whatnot. Uh, we produce them to defend ourselves. And the general idea is that, you know, Western countries, Europe, uh, U.S., Canada, uh, these countries invest into defending in, 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 in themselves, and uh, countries that are the underside, uh, Russia, China, uh, North Korea, they invest money into developing weapons in order to uh, use it for aggression. Now, like everything, I would say, that there is some truth to, you know, this uh, hypothesis, but also it has a lot of flaws. Let's just look at the numbers a little more. Uh, defense industry, uh, the global defense industry, uh, in the last year, uh, it generated, I think, somewhere around 520 to 550 billion dollars in sales globally and uh i think this year the projection is uh around 570 to 590 billion dollars which is five uh around uh 40 billion dollars jump from last year and uh based on the projections the annual growth of the industry in terms of sales uh, is 7.9% or 7%, uh, something like that. So as, you know, you look at the number, the number is pretty, pretty big. Now, let's just dive into the U.S. part. Uh, as we know, U.S. alone is the biggest uh, spender on military equipments and arms uh, compared to, I think, the next... Uh, eight or nine countries combined and uh, each of the branches of the US has more spending uh, than the second and third country combined I think some something like that um, now if you tell me that you know all this spending is just for defense uh, I would uh, I would say you're you're pretty naive uh, I was just watching uh, some documentary or some program the other day 
and uh, it says something interesting, which was after the World War II, uh, basically U.S. Uh, without you know any approval from the world became uh, the global police so they hired themselves to police the the world and decide uh, where they need to intervene and where they don't need to intervene and if even if you look at NATO um, they are the biggest spender and uh, they also have the biggest power in terms of uh, guiding the NATO into, you know, whether get into a war or not to get into a war. Uh, biggest wars of, you know, last 20 years, I would say last 20, 30 years, uh, U.S. has always been one side of it, whether it's been in, uh, you know, Iraq, whether it's been in Afghanistan, uh, whether it's been, uh, you know, uh, way back in, in uh Gulf War uh, between Kuwait and Iraq, and then they intervened to help Kuwait. Um, and they never had any, uh, either the, you know, the involvement starts with uh, some uh, egregious claim of, you know, Iraq uh, with the uh, weapons of mass destruction and bioweapons, uh, the claims that, that were there. Uh, Afghanistan, they went into uh, defeat Taliban, uh, and Taliban basically runs uh, the government of Afghanistan right now. So they go in uh, with uh, a false claim, and they don't accomplish anything other than uh, massive casualties of uh, the country that they go into, and also uh, the troops that go to defend the freedom or defend the democracy, as they would say. And uh, those are just the numbers of people who die. You know, a lot of people, whether, you know, the locals of those countries and those um, nations or the troops who have served there uh, have longstanding uh, medical issues, whether it's mental issues or physical issues. You know, uh, PTSD is one example, uh, kills more uh, vets, I think, in the U.S. than anything else. Uh, so as a whole, uh, everything about the defense industry or the defense has nothing to do with defense, really. Uh, Iraq never had any threats against the U.S. Uh, or anything, you know, of that nature. If anything, they would uh, they were keeping uh, some of the more extremists uh, at bay with, uh, you know, ISIS or uh, with uh, Al-Qaeda uh, and uh, Taliban. And even with Afghanistan, you know, with the main uh, point of operation of Al-Qaeda, which was responsible for 9-11, was in uh, Pakistan and uh, Iraq mostly. And Afghanistan was basically Taliban. And even though Taliban within themselves were extremists, they had really, they had, uh, they had some connections with Al-Qaeda, but it's not like they were one uh, singular group. With, you know, again, that being said, uh, so you look at why, why, you know, there is wars in the world, why there are 
you know, bad peoples, uh, bad governments, dictators. Uh, and if you look deeply, you need uh, you need a conflict. If the world is all, you know, peace and order and and uh, just loving each other and all that, then the the whole defense industry will go bankrupt. And keep in mind, we're talking about an industry that generates something around uh, $550 billion a year, which that number is, will probably reach closer to six to $700 billion a year within the next five years. So conflict is profitable for the big uh, weapons and arms manufacturer. Now, looking at, you know, Ukraine as an example, it's clear that, you know, in terms of what happened uh, within the next, uh, within the last uh, two years, uh, that Russia is the aggressor and they uh, disrespected and disregarded uh, Ukraine's sovereignty. And uh, a lot of civilians have been killed. A lot of innocent uh, people, women, children, uh, innocent men, have been killed as a result of the last two years and also a lot of soldiers have been killed on both sides uh, whether it's Ukrainian side and also Russians have had uh, massive casualties within their uh, army so again why that would happen why even when the war started none of the you know Western uh, countries had any intentions or any uh, interest in bringing peace uh, to that war and to that conflict. Uh, given that any time that a war happened which actually disrupted uh, the flow of economy and the global economy, uh, I think the Western world has been more than uh, willing to negotiate uh, with people worse than uh, Vladimir Putin. I'm not saying that Vladimir Putin is a nice guy, but there has been cases that there has been people worse than Vladimir Putin. And still, you know, whether it was US, UK, or the Western world, they were willing to uh, negotiate a peace talk. That comes back to money. Uh, Ukraine in itself uh, is spending money on weapons and when they are not spending money in on weapons they are getting donations from uh, UK from Germany from the European Union and from the US and I think also from Canada as well uh, so the company that makes those weapons the manufacturer who makes those tanks who makes those uh, planes who makes those missiles they're not selling them for free uh, in a lot of cases of the donations to ukraine the taxpayers of the donating countries are paying for it uh, through the the government spending and government budget so they still making their money they are not they're not donating anything to ukraine from themselves as the manufacturer of those weapons they're still getting someone else to pay for it. So 
they are recording massive profits just because of the war in Ukraine. And this is on the Ukraine side. Uh, on the Russian side, as well, the manufacturers are spending money on, on uh, producing these weapons. And I would even argue uh, that, you know, in the free market uh, sort of capitalist uh, Western world, it's more incentive for war because the manufacturers are private companies. In some cases, governments may have some share within those companies or hold some interest within those companies. But on a large scale, those companies have shareholders who profit uh, of those companies will you know, pay them dividends. So the interest is actually greater on the business side for a war rather than a peace uh, on the side of the Western uh, arms manufacturer. If you look at, uh, you know, China or, or Iran or, or uh, uh, Russia or countries who have a very uh, much more government-controlled or in some cases absolutely government-controlled and owned uh, arms industry. There is nothing public about it. Uh, government owns the manufacturing, government purchases the manufacturing and pays for it, and the government uses the, the, the products. So in, in those cases, those companies uh, or those manufacturers within themselves are not really looking to increase the profit because for them, whatever government is paying, uh, for the arms to get built, uh, they are also using the weapon. So they, they are the owner and the purchaser and everything all at you know all in one uh, in one package. So they have no basically if they pay more or if the the business making profit, the profit goes back into government's pocket. So it it really doesn't matter for them. Um, so if they are not spending money on you know arms they can invest in other areas that will advance their economy that will advance their country and nation so by by and large uh unless you look at the the desire of these dictators whether it's uh, again uh xi jinping or or putin or or any other dictator around the world the, the motivation for them is not profit. The motivation for them is, uh, you know, achieving their uh, plans or sinister plans or however you want to call it. Uh, you know, with, with China, they're looking into uh, the, the sort of the, the show of power of if they ever uh, make any intentions toward Taiwan or with Russia, again, show of power and uh feeling that ego of the leader with with you know showing for us and showing that we are capable and that's the case for any other dictatorship or uh dictator like government around the globe with uh in regards to uh our manufacturing but in the western world <laughs> there is no ego involved it's actually simple business they're looking to increase the profit and uh, at a time of peace, you cannot do that.
just look at Ukraine and the war in Ukraine. Uh, all the neighboring countries of Ukraine and the Eastern Europe have increased uh, their spending budget on uh, defense and uh, military equipment by a large, large number. I was just looking at a video about uh, a news piece about Poland. Uh, the number of uh, tanks that they purchased from Germany, the number of tanks that they purchased from U.S., uh, the number of fighter jets that they are purchasing from, I think, South Korea, uh, missiles they're purchasing from South Korea. So all across the globe, these companies, whether it's the European companies, whether it's the American, whether it's the U.K., whether it's South Korean companies, they are recording massive profits both directly uh, from the war in the Ukraine and the fear factor that goes around those other nations that they need to equip themselves more in case of a Russian aggression. Now, if you think that with Hody's uh, smoking gun that I just provided, that the war in Ukraine is simply, you know, Putin's doing or uh, Vladimir Putin's uh, uh, desire to, you know, capture Ukraine, uh, I think you're, you're just not looking at the whole picture. Uh, now, I'm, I mean, it sounds like a conspiracy theory, but I'm not trying to uh, sell you on uh, an information that I don't have, or any of us uh, rather don't have. But I have to believe that if there is such a great profit for some of the biggest lobbying power in the uh, politic of uh, the Western world, uh, they have had something to do directly with that war, or they have had interest in inspiring or, uh, you know, uh, sort of the decision-making side of the government to make wrong policies that had led into uh, provo uh, you know, provoking Russia and Putin and the war eventually. Now, you would say that are they people in the, in, in the governments are so dumb that they just get influenced by these, you know, lobbies or, or, uh, the power and influence of these companies. I would say to some degree there are dumb people, but also the smart people who make it to that level uh, in government. They're just thinking about, you know, they're uh, on a sinister side, they're thinking about their profit, you know, the, the campaign contribution that the company X or Y will make for them so they can get re-elected re into office. Or on the bright side of it, uh, as it will lead us to the next point, it just creates job for the given country. Uh, if the arms uh, manufacturing industry is growing on 7, 7.9%, even in the midst of a pandemic and uh, where other sectors have been, you know, losing uh, shares or losing power, I mean, unless you're Amazon, uh, with their expansion, with their growing, they're going to hire more people. So it's going to, you know, contribute to the unemployment rate. Uh, rate. It's going to uh, contribute to uh, a lot of different 
uh, factors that will uh, make the numbers look better if you're a president or if you're, uh, you know, a government. So it's both uh, an element of direct profit for the companies an element and also an element of uh, contribution to uh, the market and economy of the producing uh, country. Now, if you look at it over the years, I mean, uh, post-World War II, basically, none of the major manufacturers of uh, defense uh, industry uh, whether in Canada, U.S., uh, U.K., Germany, none of them actually have been directly involved in a war. They they didn't start themselves. You know, with Iraq, NATO and U.S. went in there. With Afghanistan, they went in there. With Libya, they declared a no-fly zone and bombed the shit out of Libya because of trying to help the people to capture Gaddafi and overthrow uh, Gaddafi. So they have no care for any of these countries. All they care about is producing for themselves and for the industry. Now, before I had these uh, naive uh, thoughts of what if I, I knew I knew about this aspect of why a war happened or why, you know, uh, a political uprising somewhere happened or anything political or or uh, military wise that happened in the world. If you look at it deeply, it's within itself by design. I've never seen anyone really get caught by surprise. I mean, they act like they, they they got surprised. In the case of Ukraine, everyone was like, oh, like, no, like, Russia not going to attack. And then when the Russia attacked, they were like, oh, we didn't think that would happen and blah, blah. But asking me, I would say that people with high uh, clearance within the government and within uh, different branches of government uh, all across the board they knew damn well that the Russian war, it will happen. Uh, I would argue that they were banking on it, that it would happen because of the massive profits that it has had for, again, the defense industry, which I think also the name of, you know, they're calling it defense industry, where actually it has been producing weapons that has been used for uh, offenses, I mean, even on the defense side, they are causing an offense for it to be used as a defense. So it just complicated. Um, but as I was saying, I had this uh, this very uh, childish thought of, oh, what if we can create an interest for an industry bigger than the, the the defense industry, you know, and tech industry as an example. What if we can create an interest for the tech industry uh, that within that, you know, created interest, uh, 
there is, you know, there is benefits. If the world is in a global peace, because, you know, if, if you know, African, uh, sub-Saharan African countries, as an example, if they are uh, well-organized, well-governed, uh, and uh, are prosperous, uh, or, you know, somewhere like Iran, if they have a, a very well-governed uh, uh, nation, and they are prosperous, or, you know, if, you know, some, some place like Saudi Arabia, if they are more democratic and people have more uh, political freedoms, uh, then it will lead to more sales of, you know, tech, iPhones, more users for all these social media companies, blah, blah, all that. And then the, the, the power of that, uh, that potential of peace generating so much money will trump the the current uh, incentive for the defense industry and the $550 billion that they generate annually. And as a result of that, the, the, the industry would more at stake and the industry would more uh, at stake to be gained uh, will basically defeat the other industry and then we will have an opportunity for world peace. But then, you know, as I grew older and I looked at it more deeply, that's also within itself very misguided. Because uh, let's say countries who control or own most of the global oil or produce the, the, the most of the global oil, you know, Saudi Arabia of the world, all the Persian Gulf countries of the world, uh, the Irans of the world, uh, Iraq of the world, uh, Venezuela, uh, Venezuela of the world, all these countries who are massive oil producer. Uh, let's say they all have very well governed uh, democratic uh, governments, right? those governments that is truly from people for people then have to take care of its people interest more than anyone else what will happen as a result they have enough oil to satisfy all the needs that they have from uh, any product or byproduct of the oil so that nation and that country is well off, but they can basically through, uh, you know, OPEC or any other uh, institution, they can raise the price of oil. Now you would say that's why we need the switch to, you know, renewable energy industry. If uh, we are uh, in, uh, we driving electric cars, we producing our, uh, you know, electricity through solar, and all that, then we don't need the oil, and then, you know, whatever happens, we don't care, so they can have a democratic government and all that. What is a solar panel made of? There is a huge amount of plastic and other uh, raw materials that goes into producing one piece of solar panel, and all of those are byproducts of oil. 
when the oil get refined, the bar, some of the byproducts become plastic and so on and so forth. And it's important in creating solar panels is as as important in creating uh, chips for computers and smartphones. It's important to uh, produce plastic that is used in uh, aero, uh, uh, and like uh, airplane manufacturing and also, you know, uh, anything uh, sort of aero industry, whether it's like a rocket or, or fighter jets or so on. It's important in car manufacturing. Plastic is a big part of car manufacturing and also computer chips as well. Uh, all the electric boards that are made, uh, there's a lot of components within that that are byproduct of oil. So simply by oil getting more expensive, the iPhone in your hand will get more expensive. The computer that you have to buy will get more expensive. The gas that you have to put in your car will get more expensive. The electric car that you're going to buy and then be uh, environment-friendly will get more expensive. The solar panel that you're going to install in your business or home will get more expensive. Everything and anything will get more expensive. We are so dependent on oil. And I'm just talking about one uh one product, right? Now, imagine if there's conflict in those regions, if the governments of those regions are fighting each other, if the governments and the people of those nations are fighting each other, if there's chaos, that chaos not only generates $550 billion a year and growing for something called the defense industry, but it will also keep wrong people in power or keep a conflict and a chaos that will drive down the price of the oil or stabilizes the price of oil at uh, at a at a good price you know it's not going to be $200 a barrel it's like $75 a barrel and within that price we can all afford everything we can all afford an electric car or a truck we can all afford to uh, get on an airplane and travel the world we can all afford to uh, buy you know laptops or buy smartphones or buy anything that we buy it's throughout our life and that is just one example of oil industry now do the same math for any country that produces uh, food Ukraine was a, a huge producer of grain right and how I mean, that actually messed up the grain production and uh, the, the distribution and supply chain a lot. But you get the sense. Chaos and conflicts keep the prices down through keeping people in the power that are only thinking about their gains or their regime gain or whatever the case may be. They really don't care about the gain and interest of a whole nation because if they are interested in the interest of a nation the prices of oil and the prices of anything valuable any stone gem any gold any any uh, cobalt or anything that we use in any any batteries these days these will be so fucking expensive So through conflict, through having bad people at power, through war, through all of this, 
not only we have an industry called the defense industry, which makes $550 billion, $600 billion a year, a year, but everything else will be affordable because we get those raw materials for cheap. You know, if iPhones get $500, $1,000 more expensive, there are going to be a drop in number of people who can buy them. That's not good for Apple. That's not good for any smartphone producer or manufacturer. So as you can see, the global community that we have, the world that we have, it's designed in a way that any conflict and any chaos and any war is profitable. And we don't really care as long as it doesn't hit us. We just want to leave, uh, to live in this free world of the Western world, and we don't care what happens in the Middle East. I mean, we care, but care enough to go protest maybe on a weekend, uh, not even on a weekday, because, you know, weekdays we have to go to work, earn money so we can pay for all the stuff that we need to buy. Just on the weekend, we care that much, but as long as this design this global design doesn't interrupt our life, doesn't interrupt people who kind of look like us or live a life like us in all these Western countries. As long as that doesn't happen, we care more about affordability. We care more about our economies. Are you willing for millions of Americans to lose jobs for U.S. to lose so much money and they're one of the, the most contributing industries in defense industry. And while that happens, when a lot of people lose jobs, everything else becomes more expensive. Are we, are we willing to do that? No. And we, we may say yes, but truly... At our heart, we know the answer is no. So at the end of the day, the war is not really something created by one side. It's not something created by this bad, evil guy living in Russia or this bad, evil guy living in uh, China or whatever. Wars happen. Conflicts brew because there is a lot of profits there to be made by a lot of people. Defense industry at the forefront of it and every other industry that will benefit from the chaos that will be created in any part of the world. Just think about that. I think U.S. Congress has twice more lobbyists for 
the gun manufacturing and for the arms and defense manufacturing companies at the Capitol Hill than there is U.S. representative. So just one industry, the defense industry, has twice more representation at the Congress of the United States or within the walls of Congress of the United States than the people of the United States themselves have representative. And those are the U.S. citizens. They're U.S. people. They're Americans. All those, you know, people within Eastern Europe or Middle East or Asia who don't have any representative in, in within those walls. Their life and their misery doesn't matter in the great scheme of calculation for these companies to make profits. Thanks for listening in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And make sure to follow our TikTok page and Instagram page. See you uh, in the next episode. Thank you. I'm right here in more outside the bank. If you got an issue with that, come see me. I'm about that. Big trust. Woo woo.